Track 7, Paheoki to Mahogany Hammock. Just as the Seminole and Miccosukee tribes found reward from the River of Grass, so did Florida's later inhabitants. Through the years, industry has flourished both in and around the Everglades ecosystem. Turpentine, one of the state's first industries, was produced from the refined sap of slash pines, like those found along the main park road. From these same pine forests came the harvest and production of arrowroot starch, which fueled the growth of Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Hunters could amass a fortune overnight in the early 1900s when bird plumes were all the rage in women's fashion. Populations along the coastal mangrove fringe profited considerably from the fisheries of the Gulf and Florida Bay. Even today, drained Everglades marshes yield their most lucrative spoil, land for booming developments in year-round agriculture. Prior to the establishment of Everglades National Park in 1947, another industry reaped great rewards from the South Florida landscape. Commercially prized wood grows abundantly throughout the Everglades ecosystem. During the Roaring Twenties, timber industries cut logging roads through the region for the harvest of many thousands of trees. Many of these old roads have been converted to a system of trails that explore the park, though what hikers see today is but a shadow of the area's former majesty. Gone now are the immense stands of old-growth slash pine, live oak, and cypress that once fueled the timber industry of South Florida. West Indian mahogany, sometimes called Madeira, is native to the Everglades landscape and was of special commercial importance during the British and Spanish periods of Florida's past. The handsome reddish wood of mahogany was not only prized for its appearance, but also for its density and strength. Though found in limited quantities, great effort was made to locate stands of mahogany for shipbuilding and furniture production. Even in the early 1900s, at a time when flight was a fairly new endeavor, Airplane reconnaissance was being used to spot mahogany stands in wild, hard-to-reach locations. John C. Gifford, an early South Florida naturalist, wrote about this mahogany craze back in 1946 with these words. Unknown to the public, there was a spot in South Florida where a group of virgin mahoganies was surrounded by swamp. These trees were three or more feet in diameter, breast high. They were broad-spreading, with humus a foot or more in depth beneath. Living in the surface delf were rats, which fed on the seeds of the mahogany and false mastic trees. Rattlesnakes, in turn, fed on the rats. Lysolomus and fish poison trees were also present. These trees have all been cut. Perhaps there are other such spots that might be preserved to show this and coming generations what once was widespread. We fail to realize that the landscape is constantly changing through man's interference, and what some of us saw in Florida of old will never be seen again. Visitors to the Mahogany Hammock Trail have the unique opportunity to view one of the last remaining virgin mahogany stands in the park. Due largely to its isolation, this tropical tree island has escaped fire, hurricanes, and the saws of the logging industry. Now preserved in the confines of the National Park, Mahogany Hammock will forever continue to showcase the lost grandeur of the Everglades, as seen in the great live oaks and mahoganies that line the half-mile boardwalk trail. Today, we can look back to all that the Everglades have offered us in the past and look forward to what it may offer us in the future.
This concludes track 7, so go ahead and pause or stop this recording and proceed to track 8 during your drive from Mahogany Hammock to Perotis Pond.